St. Paul in the second reading writes to the Christians at Corinth to reinforce a central point of the faith, our belief in the resurrection of Jesus. Perhaps there were some among that believing community who had come to doubt the fact of the resurrection. So St. Paul is adamant that belief in the resurrection of Jesus is that which that on which everything else in our faith hangs. By his resurrection, Jesus is vindicated in all he said about himself, about the kingdom of God, and all that he revealed about the Heavenly Father. God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, and it shows forth that he has been victorious over the great enemies of the human race, sin, death, and the powers of hell, who, using sin and death, had overpowered humanity and kept it enslaved and cut off from God and his kingdom. The first letter of St. John has the encouraging but also sobering words. We know that we belong to God, but the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. When we proclaim that we believe that Jesus is risen, we thereby also mean that we believe all the other things about him that show forth his victory, power, authority and lordship. He was raised from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, who has put everything and everyone under the power of his authority and dominion. And this is why St. Paul is so strong in his teaching that Jesus is risen. For if Jesus isn't risen, then he is not on his throne of glory, and he is not the sovereign Lord of all things, all people, and all times. But he is risen, and he is Lord, and therefore everything is subject to him, and everything is in his hands and under the power of his hands. And that everything includes you and me, and all that makes up our lives, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Only because we understand Christ's teaching of the kingdom, and believe that Christ is the supreme Lord and King, can we make any sense out of the Beatitudes which Jesus delivers to us in the Gospel today? Imagine, it is Monday the 5th of June 1944, and the entire French nation has been under the oppression and occupation of the Nazi regime for four years. It's been a difficult and humiliating time for the French people, and death, poverty and grief have touched all corners of the country, as indeed it has had touched all over the world. And then came June 6th. On that day, a day that came to be known as D-Day, a massive Allied army arrives on the beaches of Normandy, and though it would be several months before the greater part of France experienced freedom, that day changed everything. In the following months, the French people still had to live under the misery of foreign occupation and the woes it brought upon them. But they had heard good news that put a new spring in their step and gave them hope. The Allied forces were advancing. Victory was upon them, even though they still experienced the evil of the Nazi regime on a day-to-day -day basis. Victory had come to France and filled the heart of every proud French man, woman and child on June 6th, 1944. But it would take a while for it to play out. And even though they still had around them the hardships of occupation and the death and destruction it brought to them, they had victory burning brightly in their hearts and minds, so they faced those same hard realities with a new mindset 
even as they waited for the definitive victory and liberation, which would be another year away. Happy are the poor and those who hunger, those who mourn and those who are persecuted. Jesus is not saying that any of these things are good, but that in the midst of these trials and tribulations we can hold strong and even be joyful, for we know that these things are not to have the final say. We know that Jesus is Lord, and that we might be surrounded by difficult realities, but we are under the sovereign Lord God Almighty, who loves us and has come to set us free. And we know that this is not the only life there is. We know that we were made for life eternal with God, and that there will be a day when the victory of Christ will be fully realized for us. Now, the hope of future glory does not stop us from trying to alleviate as much as possible the suffering we see in this world of ours. The Beatitudes are not Jesus' way of saying, just put up with it for now. I promise that after your miserable life is ended, I'll give you glory. No, but Jesus acknowledges that we live in a fallen and broken world and that human freedom can and does bring so much of that misery on this world. And so he can say with confidence somewhere in the gospel, the poor you will have with you always. Not because he wills that there always will be poor people, but God has given more than enough resources to this world so that there would be no poverty and hunger. But he has given human beings free will and greed, excess and the desire for unimaginable wealth and riches those things can and do keep the poor poorer and the hungry hungrier. But the good news is that Christ Jesus is risen and is Lord and that he is on the move. His grace and power are working their way into countless hearts and filling those hearts with new hope even in the midst of woes and moving those hearts to reach out to those who are suffering. We may still live under the oppression of various sins or problems, but we take hold of the good news that victory has come. Christ and his army are with us, are on our side. And like the French people who heard the great news of the decisive Allied advance and who were still under occupation for many days after D-Day, we see all the continued hardships in a new way. Though we might be poor, though we might be assailed by all sorts of difficulties, we have a new hope. And we do what the psalm response today says we should do. We put our trust in the Lord. The 20th century was a terrible century in human history. And unfortunately, the 21st century isn't shaping up to be much better. But the Lord raised up many great saints in that century to aid and console his people in all those trials. Two of them in particular I want to quote. Their words were given when the world was full of worry and fear and great evil was on the move. The first is Padre Pio. And this is what he said. Pray, hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. The second saint is St. Faustina, who wrote words that Jesus himself gave to her. This is what she wrote. 
the Lord saying, The graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. Because Jesus is risen, is alive, and is the Lord, we can and should be confident in him, even if we are weighed down by many woes. In the history of the world, worry never made a bad situation better. But trust, trust obtains so many great things and so much relief from that which afflicts us. So indeed, we join with the response of the psalm. Happy the man, happy the woman, happy you who have placed your trust in the Lord.